It's a guy not too long ago, I read this, the tragedy of the hour is that the situation is desperate, but the saints are not. So many times we're more complacent. When God moves, his spirit through his word changes lives as well. When God moves amongst a people, God changes people's lives. They're not the same. They're in an awakening, in a faith awakening situation. Uh, a, new, a renewed passion to be right with God and a renewed passion to be right with each other. When that happens, there's normally a sense of repentance for all of us. I heard a great, some of you like, hey man, we've stopped talking using that word. That means somebody did something wrong and now we're... Repentance. Repentance. How do you usher in the presence of God in your life? It's repentance. What is repentance? You might say, what is repentance? Well, I heard a definition by, by uh, a guy by the uh, name of uh, J.I. Packer. And he, this is what he said. He said, repentance means turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much of, as you know of yourself to as, as much as you know of your God. Those three things. Turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. That's repentance. When God moves, there is a knowledge of those things converging. And then when God moves, his glory is made known in the church and in the city. When God pours out his spirit in a fresh way, ultimately it is for his glory and it's about him. And when God moves, when we see it, it spreads. So today, I, I hope that we will continue to put our hope in the way maker, in the one who makes a way. And you might be here today, and you don't see a way forward, or maybe you're discouraged, or maybe it is that you don't see how you're going to make it through parenting or a relationship, or maybe it is whatever you're going through at your job. How in the world is this all going to work out? is what you're thinking in your head. So I want us to look to the Waymaker today. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna go back to Genesis. Last week, we talked about Jesus showing us the way in John 11, where he talks to us and encourages all the people that are around him that he is the resurrection and the life. He rolls that stone away. They roll that stone away. And then he says, come forth out of there and the miracle of that. Today, we're going to look at a foreshadowing of that. Genesis 22, right there in verse 1, we read these words in Genesis 22. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Are you here today? Are you really here? Are you available to, for God to do something in your life? Are you here? 
Are you available for God to speak to you what he wants to say to you? After Abraham says, here I am, God says, take your son, take your only son Isaac, whom you love. By the way, right there, if you want to underline that, that's the first time the word love is used in the Bible. Right there. And he says, I know you love your son. Take the son that you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled up his donkey. He took two of the young men with him, his servants, and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place from afar. And when Abraham said to his young men, these servants that he took with him, he said these things, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go there, over there, and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, my father. And he says, here I am, my son. Behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went together. And when they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name that of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. I want to talk to you about a couple of things about the importance of this story as we think about God making a way. And that is the first thing, and by the way, I'm, hopefully these aren't going to be real complicated the first thing is, it's a test. Everybody say, it's a test. It's a test. Right there in the first verse, God is going to test Abraham. He is testing him. Uh, and then in verse 12, we learn as he is obedient and God provides the ram, 
in verse 12, do not lay your hand on the boy, do nothing, for now I know that you fear God. Isaac, the miracle child, the culmination of Abraham's, the, the, the amazing culmination of God's way making. This was the, the promise right here of what God would do. Isaac is the miracle child and Abraham was willing. He was willing to sacrifice and to be obedient if God asked him to do it. We may be sitting here today and we think about testing, God testing us. And it's confusing sometimes. We don't know why we're going through things and what's going on and all that. I, I want to talk to you just in just a, for just a minute about some ways that God will test you to build you. I heard this morning as I was coming in this morning, I was listening to Charles Stanley, and he said these words. He said, untested faith is unreliable faith. You don't know what you believe until you walk through the test. And you might be like, well, well how do we learn from this? What, what is it that, about this testing? And some of you are going through different things, so I want to just give me a minute, just give me a minute to talk about these ways that God tests us. The first way that God tests us is for a new task, a new task in our life for us to do something that God wants us to do that's bigger. And that's when we ask the Lord, what, Lord, what do you want me to do? What is it you're calling me to? We see all of this drawn up in, well, I don't have time to unpack all of this, but I'm telling you, even the passage that we're in this morning, Genesis 22, you can go to Hebrews chapter 11 to see the hall of faith. It's the hall of fame of faith. I call it the hall of faith. It's the people who acted and had faith in God and acted on it, and then there's a summary of it. But in verse 7 in that Hebrews, it says, It was by faith that Noah built an ark to save his family for the flood. Sometime God will, te will test you, and it says he obeyed God who warned him about something that had never happened before. A new task. God will test you to prepare you for a new task. So here's the thing. If your God's going to be the way maker, then we're going to have, have to have faith. In faith is faith, and this is what faith is. Facing the future without knowing what. You don't know what. You're just believing God in the face of that test. Faith is facing that future without knowing exactly what God has called me to do. There's another, and by the way, Hebrews 11, chapter, chapter 11, verse 1, is a familiar passage to many of you. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And just not, not knowing what, just believing God. Here's the second thing. Here's another way that God will test us even today, and that is for a major change. Where, Lord? Where? This is true. Isn't this true of Abram? And then Abraham, God calls him to another place away. Where, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? 
It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. We see that. Faith is following God's leading without knowing where. If you want God to be the way maker in your life, you have to have faith even if you don't know exactly where God's leading you, you'll still act and be obedient in, his lot, in your life. Here's another test, a delayed promise. You ever had this situation in your life where you know God's word is true, you're trying to be obedient, you're trying to be faithful in it, but you're like, when, Lord, come on. When, when, Lord, when are you going to act? What is it that you're going to do? Look at, if you look in Hebrews 11, again, we see this hall of faith where he describes Abraham, even after Abraham reached the land God had promised him, he lived there by faith. For he was like a foreigner living in a tent, and so did Isaac and Jacob, to whom God gave the same promise. And Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city and an eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. Faith, listen, faith is waiting for the way maker and his timing in my life, even without knowing when. It's, it's, it's faith. It's me trusting in God, believing that he is going to make a way and waiting for God's timing without knowing when he's going to do what he's going to do. Here's another test in our life. It's an unsolvable problem. You ever had one of these, an unsolvable problem? It's beyond you. It's beyond your control. And you're saying, how, Lord, how in the world is this going to work out? Well, in Hebrews 11, we read in the Hall of Faith that it was by faith that Sarah, together with Abraham, was able to have a child, even though they were too old and Sarah was barren. And here's the thing. Faith is expecting a miracle without knowing how. Can I just interrupt this to go back to the story real quick? Y'all pay attention to this. Do you realize that, do you think that God just made the ram magically appear? I mean, God can do anything. Yes, he can do that. But I wonder if a couple of days prior to that ram getting stuck, if there was a shepherd up there in that region and a, one of that, that ram got just the perfect ram that was going to get sacrificed, holy and blameless, the one that, that, that could be sacrificed, just, and that got lost and the shepherd couldn't find it, and all at once, I, I have this sense that, you know, rams are born well in advance. And God worked it out just right for that ram to be there. And I'm sure as Abraham took his, the waymaker's promise up that hill, still believed, I don't know how, Lord, but I'm going to go up this hill. Here's the thing. Faith is expecting a miracle without knowing how. 
going how? I don't know how you're gonna do this, Lord. I don't know. I'm just gonna keep trusting you. Here's another test, a senseless loss. Why, Lord? Why, I don't get it. I don't get it about the job. I don't, I don't get it about losing a love. I don't get about the, the I don't get this, this loss. I'll just go back to this story. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his son Isaac. This is verses 17 and 18 in chapter 11 of Hebrews, who's commenting back on Genesis 22. Okay, so we have the New Testament revelation of reflecting the importance of what Abraham did. And it says, he was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had promised him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. And listen, Abraham reasoned, this is in the Bible, it's verse 19 in Hebrews 11. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Faith is trusting God's purpose without knowing why. And I think this is one of the greatest tests of our life. It's trusting God, even not knowing the backstory and all the whys and why in the world is this going on. It's trusting God and still being obedient in the middle of that. Here's the last one. It's a prolonged pain. Prolonged pain. How long, Lord, will this go on is the question. I would encourage you, even as we look back in the Old Testament, by faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. And here's the deal. Faith is continuing to persist without knowing how long this is gonna be. Having faith, even knowing, I don't know how long this is gonna be, Lord, but I'm gonna keep being obedient. And that's faith. Having faith in the way maker, even though I don't know how long this is gonna go on, Lord, but I'm gonna keep trusting you. It's a test. It's a test. This is a test for Abraham to go up this hill with his only son and the promise. It's a test in our lives. Will we, when we don't know what, or where, or how long, or why this is all going on, will we still keep our feet planted on God and keep our faith in Him to believe that He will make a way? And I, I'm here today to try to encourage you. Don't falter in the test. Don't falter in the test, no shortcuts. Keep trusting God in your life, even when you don't understand why, even you don't understand when and where and what it is that God's called you to. Keep your feet. I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna repeat something that again, I heard Charles Stanley say a few weeks ago. I happened to actually be there live to hear him say it. And that was, he was like, obey God and leave the consequences to him. That's a great, man, that's a great mantra to live by, isn't it? Obey God 
if I had to talk to young, if I could just grab some of you young people and some of you young dads and moms and just get right in your face a little bit and just say no shortcuts. Keep trusting God. God will make a way. All these troubles, this is the fallenness of the world. All the things that are hard. It's not easy. It's not. We live in a fallen world where sin and everybody just looking for an easy way out. And we're all coping. God is calling us to keep our feet planted and to believe and to have faith through the test. Here's the second thing it is. It's a taste. It's a taste. It's not just a test, it's also a taste. When we talk in the Old Testament, you'll see it all the time. Don't you see this over and over? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see that over and over, don't you? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God uses them to show us a taste of what we're going to get because 42 generations later, Jesus the Messiah is coming. And we see this taste of what God is doing all the way back in Genesis. All the way back in Genesis. The uniqueness of Genesis 22 right here is that it shows that God has been planning to give his son. See, we all look in the rearview mirror now and look and say, oh, look at all that. It makes sense to me now. Centuries before Jesus even came, Isaac was the mirror image of Jesus. They both were offered as a sacrifice to their fathers. Both were offered, each described as the only son of the father. Do you realize the language of that? Did y'all catch that? Your son, your one and only son. It says it right there in Genesis. And as the story unfolds, we see the only begotten son have a lot in common. Isaac, did you catch this? Had a three-day hike to Mount Moriah. Jesus had three days from the cross to the grave to the resurrection. Isaac was accompanied by two servants. Jesus by two thieves, Matthew 27, 38. Isaac carried the wood for his own sacrifice, Genesis 22, 6. Jesus carried the wood of his cross, John 19, 17. Isaac willingly laid down on the altar in verse 9. Jesus willingly laid on the cross, Luke twenty two, forty two. 42. God provided the sacrifice to save Isaac from death. God provided the sacrifice of Jesus to save us from our sins, Hebrews 10, verse 12. Abraham believed his son would be brought back from the death, and that's what the passage I was reading in Hebrews, the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11, 17, and 19. Jesus rose from the dead three days after he was crucified. Abraham concluded that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from which he also received him in a figurative sense. It's a taste. It's a taste 
of what God is doing. It's not only a test, but today I want to encourage you that it's a taste of what God is doing even today in Jesus, in that he is giving you the answer to the most perplexing and the hardest question it is, is because we don't know, we don't understand, even here on this earth, we think this is it, but God created every person and put eternity in every person here's heart. And you were created to know a loving and living God. It's a taste. So that you could know him, he sent his son, Jesus, so that you would know, you can know God through Jesus Christ, his death, and he overcame even death and the grave, and he sent his Son, I mean, he sent his Holy Spirit so that you could live a life in a relationship with God. It's a taste. It's a taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's a test. It's a taste. It's telling. It's important. This is significant. And Abraham, verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it as a burnt offering instead of the sun. This word here is Jehovah Jireh. Did you realize that when the son asked, where were you? We've got the fire, we've got the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Then we see these words where God actually provided. Jehovah Jireh, which means God sees and provides. The name God reveals in this place that Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. It also here can be translated in the Lord who sees your need. And you know that word provide, that's a Latin word, pro, which is before, and videre, provide, the vide part of it, means literally to see beforehand. God sees our need before it rises and makes provision for it. I want to encourage you, no matter, this is telling because in the test, no matter what it is you're facing, no matter what it is in your life, this is important because when you're in your testing, do you know that God will provide? Do you really know that God will make a way? I want you today to believe that God will make a way. Put your trust in him. This is really important. Have you come to know God in this kind of way? That you trust him. That you will trust him no matter what. God sees your need. He sees who you are. God knows who you are. And and today, I want to encourage you that God's His provision in your life, Jehovah Jireh, his provision in your life, in your life, not not, not in your neighbors, 
In, in your life, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm not just talking to your, the person you're sitting next to. I'm talking to you today. That God provides for you, and God provides for you. It's providential for your destiny. That God will provide. And it is providential for destiny as you are tested in this life. And God's provision in your life produces fruit in your life. Don't spoil the fruit. Don't go out and cut flowers in an orchard. Don't do that. Don't cut it off before it has time to bloom and actually become fruit. And God can use it in your testing. It's really important. Keep trusting God because God's provision, it produces fruit in your life. This testing. Because think about Abraham the fact that Abraham knew that God would provide allowed him to worship. There are some of you that come in here and you might not like the worship portion of what we're doing because you might have your arms crossed. I'm not praising God. I got all this stuff going on in my life. I'm not happy about anything that's going on. Look at Abraham's life even in the face of something that did not make sense to him, he still trusted God. I want to challenge you that it will pro produce fruit if you allow it. And then do you see this also? That Abraham was able to do, was to learn to be a giver and not just a taker. I'm going to say something. I, Lord, I pray that this will be received the way it's given. Some of you don't like to come to worship because you're takers. You don't want to give. You want to come in. You want to hear. You want to receive. Oh, Lord, tell me how to do this. Oh, I want to do this. When you come to worship, you give. You give. That's what we're doing. You know what the Lord told me years ago? Johnny, you need to take off your diaper. When it's this time for you to grow up. And I think that's something that, something that was going on here as God was providing and producing fruit in his life and trusting God was learning the lessons God needed to show him in his life. Here's something I also want you to know today, and that's God's provision doesn't change. God is the same. Our God is the eternal God who doesn't change. Hudson Taylor, the greatest missionary to China, said this. He said, God's work, listen to this, God's work done God's way will not lack God's support. Some of you young parents, some of you old parents, some of you got teenagers and stuff like that with me. Some of you got young kids and all that stuff. Listen, listen, listen to this. God's work done God's way. You know that job you have to fulfill, the thing that God's called you only to do, whatever that is? God's work done God's way will not lack God's support. Going to college, when you go off to college, if you do things, think about that. If you do God's work, God's way, you will not lack God's support in your life. So in Genesis account, we see the father's sacrifice the son's submission, and God's substitution. Now what we see? 
Genesis 22, we see the father's sacrifice, the son's submission, and then God's substitution. In Jesus, on Calvary, we see the father's sacrifice, the son's submission, and God's substitution for us. I don't know where you are today. I want to challenge you today. Keep trusting God. Have faith in your testing. Remember, it's a test. It's a taste of what God is doing because he has revealed himself not only all the way through Genesis, but also today in Jesus for us. It's a taste of what God wants to do. And I pray today that you'll taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you'll see it's telling. This is really important. Keep trusting God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come right now. And I want them to lead us. And I want them to lead us in this song, Waymaker. So we're going to stand as we sing this. And I, I, I am praying today that you, every person here, as you stand, that you will trust God in your testing, that you will continue to taste and see that the Lord is good, and that we will put our trust in him. 